Cool. Um, so, man, let's just get right to it. Um, man, you look a little tired. <laughs> I, I'm very tired. Uh, you know, every day just feels a little bit longer at this point. Yeah, yeah. So let me just uh, introduce who we are. Um, sure. So I'm Kevin Sheridan. Uh, I run Sheridan BJJ. Um, I, I introduced myself a little further in the first one. But um, I'm basically just concerned uh, and um, trying to get the word out there on how we can, how we can help. So first thing is how we can help the world with this, the United States right now, how we can help slow this thing. And the second thing, how we can help our community, which a lot of that is my jujitsu community, my neighbors, my friends and family, my kids' school community. And then how can we help ourselves? So um, I have uh, a lot of jujitsu students that do a lot of different things. And some of them are doctors and nurses. And I've been talking to them and I've been talking to people in Italy and um, I've been getting more of what's going on from that than I have been on the news. Although news, the news does give a lot, but uh, it really makes a difference when you know someone and you have a conversation with them and, and it, it really, you know, it hits home. So Arun trains with me. Um, he's a, a, a tough, uh, blue belt, right? Or purple belt? <laughs> white. White belt. Oh, man. He's really a blue belt, guys. He's just a white. He's he didn't know he was getting promoted. We canceled just, that. <laughs> he's just too busy to, uh, to get promoted. Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. You have to cancel the ceremony. And then I had to cancel the jiu-jitsu ceremony. And then obviously Gabe, my partner who runs Sumas BJJ, and we have Be Grateful BJJ together, which is a coalition of schools to, uh, basically just help each other uh, uh, do what we do, uh, which is um, bettering people's lives through the sport of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh. That's the mission. So in this, how can we better people's lives right now while they're at home? Well, I want to give them the information that I'm getting. Um, and uh, Arun is a doctor at uh, Summit Overlook Hospital, uh, yes. where I was born. And um, so, um, Maybe you can tell us a little bit about exactly what kind of doctor and, and what you do, and then we'll go into what's going on. Sure, yeah. So I, uh, I just started uh, my residency, actually, there. I'm an yeah. internal medicine resident. Uh, I just moved here from uh, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, getting this journey started. And uh, I have to say, this is something I didn't expect to ever encounter Wallace in my first year. But, uh, you know, it's... It's tough, but I feel like it'll make a really tough generation of physicians coming out now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting that you say that because uh, one of my, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but one of my best friend's father was one of the premier uh, gunshot wound specialists in the United States. And it's because he, uh, you know, learned how to handle all that in Vietnam. And then after that, he's been in, the, you know, he was in Newark hospitals. Um, so first of all, I mean, we, we talked briefly the other night, but how are you, how are you doing? What's, tell me what's going on with you personally and how you handle all this. Uh, I'm good. Uh, you know, just taking it one day at a time. Uh, you know, every day you walk in, you get your temperature checked, you make sure you're under a hundred and then they let you into work. Uh, you know, it's, it's very surreal sometimes like looking down some, some of the hospital wards and you just see all the doors are closed and there's protective gear outside of all of them. It's very eerie. Um, but you know, it's interesting times. Yeah. 
So right in your hospital right now, right now we're at the 26th of March. And one of the things that really spurred me to take this super serious, everyone has had their timeline to this. You know, in the beginning, I remember my mother called me and saying, you got to close your school. And I had just come back from Costa Rica. I said, mom, my school, that's my livelihood. Well, a day later, I spoke to Federico Tisi, who we're going to be speaking on, on the podcast tomorrow morning from Milan. And he said, Kev, close the school. This, is, this thing is really nasty and really big. And we've been closed. And, and the, the chill that went down my spine when he said, Kevin, it's up to the point today that they have to choose between 55-year-olds and over to not help them because they're thinking that they've lived their lives and they, they're only choosing to handle the below 55. And that's when I realized, man, this is, so how are you guys doing with supplies, with masks and, and respirators and things like that? Cause that's what he said. They said they had no yeah. equipment. That was it. That's what it was. They had the personnel, but they didn't have the respirators. Yeah. It, it's coming. It's, it's getting low now. Uh, you can tell everybody's kind of on edge about, you know, losing that mask or, you know, if you, t- if you like uh, first the string that's holding it, it's a problem. Um, everybody's, everybody needs masks. Uh, we're at the point now where we are, are kind of recycling them, which I've never seen before, but basically they're going to use a form of ultraviolet light that should apparently kill the virus. Uh, but I've never seen that before. And, you know, I can tell we really need some masks. Um, a lot of people are donating. A lot of companies are donating. Um, you know, restaurants have been sending food. Com- the community has been really supportive, but uh-huh. You know, we definitely need masks. Now, th- I talked to you a couple days ago, and it didn't seem yeah. that that was the answer a couple days ago. Had that changed since we spoke? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it's changed over the last, I would say, even day or so. Wow. Yeah, yeah because w- one of the things that, that really alarmed me was I got, and I mentioned this in the last podcast just two days ago, I got a, a, a I saw a message my wife showed me on Maplewood Online where a woman's in Patterson Hospital and she uh, was delivering babies there and she was pleading anyone in Maplewood, if anyone had any masks or any type of equipment, garbs, that right now she's delivering babies and that she can't protect the the mothers and they're delivering them in, in close proximity to where the COVID patients are. And I thought, man, this is right in Patterson. And now we're in Summit, New Jersey. I spoke to you a couple of days ago and you said, well, we're actually not too bad. You know, we're, we're doing okay. But now it's just two days later and it seems like the story is, is more yeah. desperate now. Yeah. Our, our ICU is full right now. Uh, there's a spillover. So after surgery, there's like a intensive care area where the post-surgical patients go. We've overflowed the ICU into that area at this point. Um, it's kind of, it's really all hands on deck now. We're pulling extra residents to the area. We're pulling extra physicians. It's, Definitely all hands on deck. What time do you go to work? Uh, I usually try and get in by like about 6.30. And what time are you finishing? Usually about 5 o'clock. If I'm on call, I'll stay till about 8.39. And you're working six, seven days a week? or Six. Six, six days a week, so you're getting your day yeah. off. Yeah. Um, and when you go into the hospital, what's like the first thing that you do when you go in? First thing is they check out temperature. Uh, they won't let you work without it. Okay. So, you know, they kind of like just scrape something over your head. It's interesting. Uh, and then, you know, you get in immediately, try and put on, put on your mask as soon as possible. Just try and find a quiet area and try and stay away from people and just try and 
get your work done. You know? Now, is it just a mask that you put on or what else do you put on? Yeah, so, so what, what we're doing right now, if we're not seeing the patients, is we can just wear a regular surgical mask around the okay. floor. Okay. Um, that's what most people have been doing. If we do go into the room, you know, we have to put on uh, protective eyewear. We have to wear uh, like surgical caps, um, protective uh, like plastic gowns that kind of protect everything. Um, and even like the shoes that we wear into the room, I, you know, it's not really feasible to cover them every time we go in. They tell us like leave them outside, leave them in the garage because it's just it just sticks to everything apparently, and it stays on surfaces for days. Yeah, Gabe, we we yeah. heard that. We heard that, right? Michael, Michael, yesterday. Yeah. Michael, what did he What did he say about the shoes again? He Remember? said that it was sticking. That it was sticking to the uh, to leave them outside. And, and yeah. said, now you had a reason for Heather to tell you to keep your, your shoes off the coffee table. <laughs> yeah. I just got this text, Professor, earlier. Um, Aaron, maybe you can confirm this. Uh, it sticks. Uh, never shake used or unused clothing, sheets, or cloth. While it is glued to a poor surface, it is very in inert and disintegrates only between three hours on fabric and porous surfaces, four hours copper and wood, 24 hours on cardboard, on cardboard, 42 hours for metal, and 72 hours on plastic. But if you shake it or use a feather duster, the virus molecules float in the air for up to three hours. Supposedly, this is um, from John Hopkins. So I, I definitely don't know the differences between the times that, uh, you know, it will stick to surfaces or disintegrate. I, I can't confirm that or deny that. Yeah. Uh, the issue with the, you know, the, the, the dusting, I, I suppose it makes sense because, you know, we're not, uh, we're trying not to aerosolize these people, meaning, you know, they cough up respiratory droplets. If you ever watched, a, you know, an old time movie, you can see like these drops, these exaggerated things that come out. It's exactly the same thing, um, you know, and that in itself is just what's happening. So I could definitely see something like a feather dust affecting it. Yeah. Well, but I, I honestly don't know. But yeah, well, listen, I, I deal with lead at my job as a painting company. And, you know, it takes a sugar packet to, to contaminate an area. And, and when we sand off the outside of a house, we're taking off sometimes 100 pounds of lead dust. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, it doesn't take much. Um, so as far as what are, you, what are you actually doing in the hospital right now? Are you handling some of the patients that are sick with this? So, so we do have a few. Uh, on our service, um, specifically the one I'm on right now, we kind of more manage uh, patients alongside orthopedics and we manage a lot of the strokes and, uh, you know, neurological service. But, you know, we are getting spillover into that. And, um, you know, I've been to the ICU and seen what's going on there. And it's, you know, it, it's terrible. And I can, you know, I, I see it in the people that I work with. Everybody seems afraid, you know. Yeah. How, what, what are some of the symptoms that that you see? Cause I've been hearing different things from different people. Obviously people react differently, but what are right. some of the stuff that they hear that how they're coming in or how they react to this? So there are the basics that kind of bring people into the hospital. It's going to be the classic cough, fever, shortness of breath. You know, you're sitting down, you can't really breathe. Um, more recently people have been talking about uh, anosmia or lack of smell um, that people have been noticing and saying that they have uh, symptoms. And recently it's also been noted like a pink eye symptoms, conjunctivitis, uh -huh. um, that those, there have been reports of that. Uh, from what it looks like, both uh, 
the American colleges of, I don't know the official names, but ophthalmology and nose and throat have kind of confirmed these uh, issues um, in terms of the, you know, conjunctivitis and the anosmia. Um, so those would really be the things to look for. Wow. And yeah. what about like the ages of the patients that you see? So it's, it is varying. I, I believe I told you this on our call the other day, there was an 18 year old that died in, in the city the other day. Yeah. yeah um, about that. You know, we, we have the youngest I've seen personally is about 38 who's been yeah. hospitalized for it. Um, but you know, there are definitely others, but it goes as high as 93. I had one of my patients today was 93 with it. Um, and you know, Kevin, that, those are kind of, it, it's, it's all over the place. When we got off the call today. You had to jump to teach class. Yeah. But like, um, Yanni's, uh, lost a family member to it. And then she's really worried about her mom. She doesn't know, um, if she's sick or not. And basically like one or two people had it in the apartment building in New York and it's just like spreading through the whole building. Yeah. Is she near Queens? I, I think it may be Queens. Yeah. Still. Cause my instructor Fabio is in Queens. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of people weren't taking that too seriously a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Rob, we have another student of ours, uh, Rob Fitzpatrick, and he's, he's on, he's a nurse, and he's on in Morristown Memorial. And about a week ago, he was saying, listen, we're, we're stretched for supplies. But what he, what he said, which, which was interesting, was that he just had mostly older people. And then the last few days, which is now, what, five, six days ago, he said we had a huge amount of 20 to 30-year-olds because these were the people that weren't really following the orders and right. they got kind of hit with it, yeah. you know? So, yeah, that's one of the things people need to understand that it can, it can definitely affect you even if you are younger and asymptomatic. Now, like, no. where is your mom and dad? My parents are both in Trinidad and, you know, I'm, I'm very scared personally for what's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard that's happening, everybody is kind of, you know, pretty scared into the social distancing. I think they've seen what's happened in New York. Um, but my issue for my country is I believe from what I've been told, we have between 26 and 40 vents in the entire country. Um, you know, I really shudder to think what happens if even 1% of the population needs that kind of level of treatment. Listen, I know that's the crazy <laughs> thing. Like, uh, Jimmy Harbison, who teaches with us, um, he was in the Roland in Costa Rica camp when this went down and we were all down there. We were down there for a couple of weeks and we were just high on training and surfing. And, you know, we weren't really paying attention to the news up here and we got back. I was hit with it hard, but he still stayed down there. And I talked to him. It was probably less than a week ago and he was in Nicaragua. And I said, dude, he goes, what should I do? Should I, you know, go back to Costa Rica? I go, man, if you get, you leave tomorrow morning. I mean, this, the health system in Nicaragua is a struggle. Uh, I've been in a hospital in Nicaragua and Costa Rica is, is pretty good, you know, really good. Uh, but Nicaragua, especially with the political climate right now. So literally when I spoke to him, they were closing the border down as he went through it and he made it back to Costa Rica and they made it back. They actually flew. I, 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 I didn't think it was a good idea to fly, but those guys are young. They wanted to get home and see their parents. So have you, you know, what does your mom and dad think of, of what you're doing? Have, you know, how are they reacting to, cause you're, you're in the, you're, 
you're in a danger zone. You're in a war zone right now, right? Yeah. Uh, I definitely, you know, realized how bad it was. I, you know, I, I kind of just thought they would assume I was okay and I've taken the right precautions, you know, but I just, I answered the phone a couple of days ago. My mom just answered her crying. She's just worried about me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really tough for them. Uh, you know, I think my dad is pretty scared. I kind of told him what's happening here. And I think he's really like, you know, really going hard for the, for the social distancing and stuff. And, you know, now, what, what are they doing it. down there? What kind of policies do they have in it down in, in Trinidad? So I, I believe they've already closed our borders. I mean, it, it's a small place, <laughs> so it's easy to, uh, you know, regulate that. But, um, you know, everybody's just kind of staying apart right now. We had our first confirmed death, um, I believe, yesterday. So we're definitely behind this area. But I really, I really think it's going to get hit pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and how old are you? I'm 25. 25. Young guy. Yeah. And where do you fit in your family? You have brothers, sisters? I have a younger sister. And her sister. And, and everyone's probably wondering this. Where did you, you he, this is a Trinidad guy with like a Brooklyn <laughs> accent, or like a New York <laughs> accent. Why, why am I hearing that? Are you hearing that, Gabe? I, <laughs> I got a little, little something, something. Did you learn in like a Brooklyn school? Like, I, no. I, lived, I lived in Brooklyn for a couple of years. Yeah. Ah, okay. All right. Well, yeah. that's cool. I like the accent. Yeah. Gabe, what do you, you know, what do you want to find out while we um, have a ruin here? Because listen, he woke up, he went to his shift, he, he took a nap. And he called, just so you guys know, he called. I said, hey, man. He goes, yeah, I think I could do it the next couple of days. I said, can we do it tonight? Because I'd love to just get this information out to people so they just understand what's going on. And he, so he jumped on a, a call with us. And I appreciate it because I know that, you know, you just got off a huge long shift and, you know, took a small nap. But, what, you know, what, what you, what you, you want to find out or you think that people may want to know. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kev. Um, our own... I know you. Uh, it's no. No one knows for sure. What's the anticipation for the numbers and spike over the next couple of days? What are they saying? So the data that I had heard, um, this is maybe a bit dated, maybe like a week ago. They were expecting, you know, around 50 million cases, um, something like, um, I believe it was. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm mixing it up. It was 90,000, 90 million cases, like 48 million hospitalizations. And I believe around half a million deaths is what expect is what worldwide. I believe about. that's just I believe that's just in the U.S. In the U.S., ninety million. Ninety I mean, million what, cases. Yeah, I know, but what are we at right now? Like ninety thousand. You know, you know, I may this is data I heard like a, a yeah. week ago. It might might be worldwide. Don't yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Listen, I think you right know, now you don't know you everything. Know. You're a doctor who's trying to take care of patients. <laughs> yeah, sure. We know this. My Listen, excuses is my first year. <laughs> Listen, most people hearing this are just our jujitsu yeah. friends. So, yeah, yeah. so everyone knows that this is what it is. We're not professionals. We don't know anything. We're just talking yeah. and sharing information. So, yeah, Kev, what, what I heard like what fifty four thousand we were up to today in the United States or something like that. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's man. I thought it was ninety. Mm -hmm. I, I believe we recently crossed like a thousand deaths um, in the USA. You know, I think New York is really the epicenter of what's happening right now. Um, and we are really, really just right there. And I think the main thing is, you know, to talk about flattening the curve, but, you know, kind of just to stress how important it is. It kind of, you know, when, when that curve isn't stretched up, when that curve doesn't go up the way we don't want it to, you know, you talked about the decisions that they're making in Italy, Kevin, um, you know, they're making decisions like who do we keep, the older people, the younger people. Here, there are going to be very similar 
you know, decisions? Do we keep like, you know, 18 year olds with no problems versus, you know, um, so you know, like, versus like people who've been paying into Medicaid their whole lives. Uh, Gabe, I think yeah. you, I think you brought me on your screen somehow. No, I did. I did. I pulled up for you guys. I just pulled up Chrome just so for everyone listening, because we were all over the place. The United States uh, now has more coronavirus causes cases than any yeah. other country with over 82,400, according to John Hopkins University. Yeah. There were more okay. than 81,700 known cases in China and Italy was 80,500. Yeah. But I, I, they're comparing Italy, but Italy is such a small country compared to the United States, you know? Yeah. Um, so Arun, what would you like to share? Like, what would you like to say to people that may hear this that can help? Like, what, you know, what's your, what's your advice for people that, that want to help keep people out of the hospitals? Like, you know, what, what you, you know, here's your platform that, you know, you can say, Hey, listen, do this, please. You know? So, so I know I'm talking to a lot of jujitsu guys and girls out there. Um, so, you know, like I, like I was saying earlier, this thing is spread by, you know, things like drop respiratory droplets, sneezing, you know, even some saliva around the mouth, even some, you know, um, coughing. That's why it's really important to do the vampire cough like that. Um, just cough into that. It's really important for the athletes as well. Like you guys are, you know, people share things like, I don't know, people share towels, um, you know, people high five, people wipe their face. You know, I think it's really good that, you know, you, you took the initiative and closed the gym kind of before everybody else is, everybody else did from what it sounds like. Um, but that's what, you know, I wanted to just stress for the athletes that are listening. Um, you know, just from what I can say is donate what you can in terms of supplies that we can use, um, if that's possible, you know, and just really try to abide by the social distancing and really help us flatten that curve. You know, if if our supplies deteriorate enough and we can't treat people properly, physicians are going to get sick. Um, physicians are going to stop showing up to work, and then then who's going to treat people? It's you know, and it's not just physicians; it's nursing staff, it's respiratory, it's you know everybody who's involved. And you know, there are so many people involved in the case. Um, yeah. So, I just you know I can really just stress you know the social distancing, and this this will take some time. You know, they're saying at least over here, from what I've, I spoke to an infectious disease doctor here, and they're expecting like a month of some really hard, hard times. And then it's going to keep, yeah. it's going to keep going for a while after that, but peaking in about three, um, three, two to three, maybe a month. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, how can people get equipment to, and what do they need exactly? And how can they get it to the right place? Like let's, you know, first of all, let's start with what, what do people, what can, what can people get? what do they need what do you need obviously we don't have respirators in a garage but masks yeah. right yeah that, the, the masks are good um, can we confirm the masks real quick guys so um yesterday on the podcast i said that uh kelly christmas contact her from the rock box in morristown and there's some people doing 3d printing um they made masks and they made them out of wow. old fabric and they sewed them and they're dropping them off at the hospital and um to, to workers so do you need something special or is it just as long as you have a bandana or something protecting you so that, that the virus doesn't get into your, into your nose and mouth? So I know there are certain standards for these, you know, surgical um, masks. I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't know the exact, you know, specifications of them, but mm -hmm. the problem with the bandanas and, you know, the coverings that aren't really tested is the problem. 
they are tested. We don't really know what they actually are keeping out. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that Italy is down to where they have people covering with bandanas or they're still coming to work if they only have a mild fever or a cough, you know, I, it, it's really tough to say that that would work, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, 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 I can't say for sure. Um, I suppose it wouldn't hurt your chances. Um, you know, and it's difficult for me to just say, hey, guys, like, go find masks and, and donate them. Cause no, that's if you, if you have them, though, they, they were selling them at CVS on Friday. Yeah. Really? I mean, they yeah. were out when I went there, but they said, hey, we're going to have a more shipment this Friday. Yeah. And um, we didn't end up going because I got them from a friend of mine who's a nurse, but we just gave them up to the woman in Patterson that was asking for them. So yeah. if you have masks, approved surgical masks, which are just ones that are made and you have them and you have them to spare, then you can bring them to where? I mean, I'm sure people don't want to be going to the hospital. <laughs> that, yeah? I'll be honest. I, I don't know how exactly to do the donations. I can, well, I can find well, out and definitely well, relay it to you for the next episode. Why don't we do say this? Yeah. Anyone's listening to this. Drop them off at 863 Valley Street in a bag. You know, yeah. that's my studio. This yeah. is what the lady doing. Make it real simple. She said, please yeah. drop them on my porch on Tuscan Road. And when I got there, there was someone else who had dropped off a dozen masks. And I'll try and get that info for you for the next podcast. Well, it's fine. Listen, you drop them off here and I'll, I get them to you, right? Yeah. That's going to be the quickest way. So if anyone yeah, has true. any masks... Uh, contact either Rob Fitzpatrick, who's a nurse, get him to him. He's on our chat group. Uh, and if you're listening to this and, and, you know, I would say that if you have any masks, um, and you know, someone that works at a hospital, contact them and drop them off at her house, at, at their house. If you, if you organize that, you know, don't, don't walk, don't, you know, am I saying the right thing? Like go, you know, mm -hmm. take your car, walk up, drop them and leave. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think that's important is that people are struggling with, obviously you say, well, uh, just stay home the whole time right. and only come out for emergencies. But obviously there's things that people have to get done. And I think they can do it if they're responsible. Responsible mm -hmm. means wearing gloves, wearing a mask, um, and staying six feet away from people. You mean in terms of going back to work? Well, so, no, and no, no, I don't mean yeah. that. I'm in terms of your, you, you know, your, your, my, my daughter had a fever today. I had to mm -hmm. go to CVS. We didn't have stuff to keep her fever down. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? um, so I go there yeah. and, and I handle it responsibly. I wait, I see someone in there. I wait till they leave, right. put my mask on, put my gloves on. And then when they come out, I go in. It's just right. the way I got pizza the other night, you know. Did you do pro did you do the protocol with the um your nose and I didn't no. Up? No, I didn't. I felt like I had the mask, so <laughs> but cool. again, um, I just think be smart, you know. Yeah. What what I would say on the fever specifically is um th there's been some data to show, you know, kind of not to use uh, ibuprofen, but to use Tylenol instead. Yeah. Okay. So um that that's kind of what's been recommended in terms of breaking the fever. Yeah. Um it's been shown to have a lot better outcomes and the, um, I believe Advil, you know, is kind of shown to not be, kind of be affecting pathways that may <sighs> not affect it or maybe even harm it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel, I mean, we've been two weeks now, we've been really pretty careful. 
uh, my daughter. Um, but you know, she's, she has been running around in the gym with me, yeah. you know, and, uh, I'm teaching class out of the gym and, you know, I'm just thinking, retracing my tracks. I'm going, Oh, all right. You know, um, I gotta watch out, you know? Um, anyway, Gabe, uh, any, anything else you want to, you guys want to hit on yeah. while we're here? We got, we got time. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, you had brought up, people are donating food. Um, mm -hmm. I just found out today, Donna Archer, Kev is, uh, Donna Archer is an, an investor over here at Summis, uh, and a friend of Kevin and mine. And she's actually going around and helping the local restaurants get food to the hospital right now in Morristown. So uh, if you go to her Instagram, you can Venmo her. She's been, uh, people have been sending a bunch of money over to help, uh, to help her get food over, over to the hospital. Um, I don't know if there's a program like that in Summit, uh, but Donna is uh, Donna, D-O-N-N-A-S, Archer, A-R-C-H-E-R. -E and the link is right in her bio. You can just hit Venmo, send her money. And uh, she's helping not only the hospitals, but she's also helping the local restaurants that are trying to stay open right now. So she's giving up the money, ordering from, every, you know, whatever she can per day and, um, you know, keeping it moving. And she was doing it out of her own pocket for a while. And then people started donating. So shout out to her. Cool. Arun. Um, oh, man, I'm losing my train of thought on what I was going <laughs> to ask you. Well, Iron, is there is there anyone that's doing that at some at Summit? Do you need do you need assistance with food right now? Is there anything that are people yeah. donating right now or? You know, food food is always appreciated. Um, Coffee. But, yeah, that's always appreciated. But uh, you know, in yeah. terms of what's going on outside and these programs, I'm really I've really been blind to it. Yeah, I'll of course. I mean, you're in yeah. there doing your job. But what I'm um, so guys like so I know that's happening in Marstown, but. If you guys want, like, and you have gloves and you're handling it responsibly, go to Dunkin' Donuts and grab a bunch of boxes of Joe or something like that and, and drop it off at the emergency room because these guys could use it. They're working around the clock. Yeah, but think about that. Hold on a second. Yeah. We, we're telling someone to go to the emergency room. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's good advice. <laughs> well, then don't, <laughs> you know don't go to the, Yeah, well, if you're already doing it, if you're already out there, pick it up on your way. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I feel like stay the hell away from the hospital you know probably the best bet <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't know who's dropping off the food to you i hope those guys have masks well that's what i'm, I'm talking sure, I mean, i'm sure i'm sure they do yeah 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 maybe pet you know what thanks for clarifying but yeah <laughs> so, sorry dude i'm just <laughs> no i'm down i'm down i mean you yeah, know these delivery guys are taking their life into their hands right now right yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's Listen, crazy. Tell anybody that's on as a cash register too, right, Professor? Like anyone that's out there right now is kind of. Well, I, I felt like a little. I felt like a kind of like pawning my son off the other night. I was like, we went to get pizza at Arturo's, and uh, he he looks at me, goes, "Are you you gonna go get it?" I go, "No, I'm not going to get it." Because they they have a system which I think is really cool. You order the pizza, they take the credit card on the phone, so you don't have to hand anything over. They tell you a time like seven oh seven. You have to be outside. And when you're there, call us and we'll leave it right in the front. So you call them and say, I'm here. You step back, you know, six feet and then they get the pizza. And I, I thought that was great. My friend, friend, uh, Fred uh, from Arturo's was doing it. I thought it was a great system. Did you put in the back of the pickup truck? So like the cardboard wasn't in the well, truck? Well, it's funny because I mean, I know, listen, it's always good to laugh at stuff when, when stuff's going on. I know 
just, you know, a little bit of comedy, but I said, my son looked at me, he goes, you want me to go, go get the pizza? I go, yeah, man. Like you're young, man. No, you're, you can deal with, I'll be 49 in a week. And he goes, all right. And then he, he had his mask on. He comes back and he goes, all right, dad, here you go. Corona flavored pizza just for you. <laughs> so, you know, try to keep it light. Um, so man, um, so how about you? What are you doing to take care of yourself? Uh, you know, I, t I took my first online BJJ class last night. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, it was a, a lot tougher than I thought somebody could work out over the internet. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a tough class. That's cool. So who was yeah. teaching? Was that Yanni or no, it was Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gianni. Yeah. yeah, she's tough. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about that for a little bit. Um, so we were all training jujitsu. It was great. A good stress reliever. And then we all got hit with this. And um, for the jujitsu community that's listened to this, this is the first thing I did was think about, oh, how I could help my people. And I came up with some ideas. And I really, after talking to TC, I just wanted to get the word out. Hey, man, this is serious. Don't train. Stop training. You know, social distance. Let's all try to flatten that curve. Try to beat that, that drum. Um, and oh man, I'm getting old. I keep losing my train of thought. What was what was I hitting on? We're talking about the benefits of of jujitsu and how we all were, we you started to get everybody online right now. I'm like the old man in the group. That's so why I have games. Like, how many how many classes did you how many classes did you teach I, today? I haven't been boxing either. It's just I forget <laughs> stuff. Um, so basically, I thought I came up with something that could help people. And then I, I, as soon as I started talking to people and asking them what they wanted, what I came up with is nothing what they wanted. Uh, so asking people what they wanted, they wanted their normal schedule. They wanted to still be able to, if they went to a 6 a.m. class, they wanted to attend that. If they went to a seven o'clock class, they wanted to attend that. If they were home during the day now, they wanted something to do during the day. So, we basically went online live. A lot of other jujitsu schools have put content out, but li from listening to what my people wanted, they wanted to do their 6 a.m. class. They wanted the same instructor. And when they wanted the same group of people going, and that's what's been happening. We've had like the seven o'clock classes, similar people, 6 a.m., similar people, 12 o'clock's new. And uh, the people that have been making it have been getting a little bit of positive, a little bit of community like we're talking right now. And then a pretty good workout, believe it or not, you know, you know, not obviously when you're rolling in jujitsu. And then after that, closing it out with a little gratefulness. Dude, I spoke, I spoke to a lot of people today. Yeah. I'm, I talked, I talked to like literally 20, 30, 25 people today. It was okay. awesome. Uh, and I'm pumped by talking to everyone. And I spoke to Sam today. He's yeah, like, yeah. Bro. he was like the 12 o'clock. He's like, I was smashed. I went upstairs. I made a protein shake and just sat on the couch for an hour. He's like, oh. yeah. How did he, how did Jimmy do that to me over the, over the internet? Well, so Arun, he took a class the other night and I'm so glad he did because the other reaction I get is I talk to people and they go, well, I, I, I can't even do jujitsu right now. So I just don't want to do anything. I'm just staying away from it because I like it so much and I can't even do it. And then I hear, well, man, I, I'm just depressed. I, you know, I'm waking up late. I'm drinking, I'm eating crappy food and I just don't feel like I want to do anything. So what's been happening is the upper belts, the teachers, 
other students have been reaching out to each other because I'm asking them to, and also they are just reaching out and saying, hey, come, come to class, say hi to everybody, get a little bit of a workout, because the reality is, is this is what we did before. Why do we do jujitsu? So we could get our mind off what we're doing, right? So we could get a, a workout and so we could see some of our friends. So it's similar. I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but it's what we have now. And if you're saying that this is going to be there for a little while, then, you know, then we better dig in a little bit. The way I look at it, we got four weeks. And how are we going to handle these four weeks? Yeah. I mean, you're on survival mode, obviously, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, for us, you know, we, we are actually working really hard, Gabe and I, probably hard, much harder than we were working before. Um, just trying to basically help everyone be better in this, you know? Yeah. I have um, to agree. I definitely slept much better than a couple nights before. Yeah. After I did that class and Great. since then. Yeah. Great. That's cool, man. So I'm really happy about that. And for me, that's just exactly what it is. I mean, if you can hit a couple of those seven o'clock classes, get some sanity. Um, Cause for me, to be honest with you, I was in a depression for like, three or four days when this thing about a week after it hit and it started to get bad and staying up late, you know, my kids are asleep. My wife's asleep watching CNN, then just continuing watching whatever, eating crap food and not waking up. And then I realized, man, I, I need to, I need to do something and get this thing going. And, and now really my saving grace is I do the 12 o'clock class. I teach the two o'clock kids and the three o'clock kids and at four o'clock teen class, man, I've been loving connecting with these kids. It's been really nice. But listen, Arun, I don't want to keep you too much. I, you know, we, we got 40 minutes of your time. Um, so I, I thank you so much for coming on and just giving us an insight. Um, I know I know you got to get to sleep because it's 910 and, and you've got to work tomorrow morning. So I just want to thank you for, for, um, for coming on and spending the time and you know, let everyone know that, that, you know, we really appreciate what everyone's doing. And, and just, you know, you guys are the heroes during this, you know, nine 11 was the firemen and the police and all the, but you know, you guys are, are, are the heroes in this. Thank so, you. I really, I really appreciate that. And, you know, this was a, it was a great, you know, feeling to, you know, be asked to come on and do this and spread a little, you know, awareness of what's happening. So thank you for that. It's awesome. super helpful. Yeah. Anything on your level, Gabe? No, I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. Very grateful for your own. Thanks for staying up. Cool, oh, man. See you later, bud. Gabe, we can stay on for a couple minutes. Cool, man. Peace on. Peace, Bye. brother. So, 25-year-old yeah. kid, you know, when I say he's a kid, he's an adult. Yeah, no, but, yep. you know, in it, in the hospital, dealing with link i can i can uh i can text it to you if you want you no, the it. problem is i gotta get it i gotta get it on my account let me uh you can just me... do it from your phone i think yeah it's just, the only thing is that from my phone i'm not gonna have that sweet mic ah okay yeah okay that's what i'm trying to i'm trying to see if i can figure out a way to um to get it from my computer because then 
Yeah, then you can have the mic in it. And yeah, the mic, the mic will be. Oh, here it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, let's see what we got. We got the Zoom. Zoom meeting. Uh, right, I'm going to jump off the phone so oh, we can yo. jump in. Okay. It's not going to be a double. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, Gabe. Yes, sir. So Mike's going to join with the voice only. Okay. Just because he wasn't prepared, I didn't tell him. I forgot to tell him it was a video thing. Cool. And he, he's pretty sharp, a guy, sharpened up. So when he's going to be on, he's going to cool. be. You know, so Gabe, um, I'll run the, I'm going to run this. Yeah. My structure. And, um, you know, I'm just going to basically do an introduction of who I am, what this yeah. podcast is, yeah. who you are, and then who Mike is. And then after that, we'll get into it. Cool. And um, Professor, also, I'm here to support anything you want. If you want me to pull up any references on the screen, on searches or anything like that, that you're talking, I'm able to do that for you also. Oh, cool. Nice. Okay. What's up? What's up, Mike? He's getting his. He said he's got a really nice microphone. Dope. What's up, bud? Yeah, you got to unmute yourself. Right now, I think... Is he muted? No, you're not muted. I think your microphone's off. We'll wait for you to get it. Right, right. How about this? There you go. Look at the shit. I got like, this isn't recording, right? I can say shit. Well, whatever. Gabe's going to cut it up anyway. What's up, Gabe? What's up, man? Dude, well, we're just I, got gonna, the, I, mean, I got these monster headphones. I got this. Oh, yeah, we curse on it, man. It's all, it's all good. Though. And you were just on a podcast before, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 is cursing, should I stay away from that? or? I would say I cursed the other day like three times. And I, later on, I didn't want it like on the kids thing because they're respectful. But I don't, I think cursing is fine. All right, because I, I, I feel like I, I curse yeah, repetitively when I talk. It is. Um, all right, guys. So I'm just going to get this started right now. Um, should I keep the, should I keep the, 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 actually, I'm not, I'm not on video, right? Yeah, you are. It looks good, man. Throw the frame. You are on video, yeah. Looks great. I think it looks fine, the, though, dude. Should I, keep the, should, should I keep the... Uh... The glasses? Yeah, Mike, look, you got the memo, bro. Me and you, we hooked it up today. Well, we, we all got, got glasses on now. We all got the... Oh, wait, hold, on, so hold on one second. If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to do this live, I'm going to put on a metal t-shirt, if that's okay. Cause, yeah, dude. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, bro. Professore. It's funny because I like my background now. Yeah, dude. You know, and that was just for me. It wasn't for the thing. Kev, can you um, can you just slide to your in center frame a little bit? There. Dope. Oh, great. Yeah. Just a little bit more, so you look more like you look like you have the Holy Trinity around your head too. It's awesome. Yo. Now we're. Yeah. Official. I don't know if we'd see it, but that you know, it's that this is this is one of my this is one of my bands, you know. I like that. Yeah. Um, right, let me get that big fucking hole. It's behind yeah. My, yeah. Okay, guys. So listen, uh, it's 12 o'clock. Awesome. We're starting on time. I love that we get to start on time. 
We're going to be here for uh, 60 minutes, an hour. So, Mike, thanks so much for taking the time. Gabe, thanks so much for taking the time. So, first of all, um, I'm just going to say, what, what is this? What is this podcast? So, this podcast, the original idea for this podcast was Jiu-Jitsu Stories. Um, sharing stories of what people do um, in Jiu-Jitsu and how Jiu-Jitsu has bettered their lives and, and what their story is, how they got into Jiu-Jitsu, what, you know, how, how do they practice, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, just Jiu-Jitsu stories. What's your story? You know, everyone's got a Jiu-Jitsu story and, and why they do it and what works for them and, and how they came to it. And, um, you know, so being that we're right now in this whole emergency mode, um, obviously, I feel like talking about really what we're dealing with. And um, that's what we're going to talk about. And, you know, jujitsu is going to be secondary. Um, but that being said, I just want to introduce for whoever maybe listen to this who we are, I'll start out with me and, and then I'll introduce Gabe and Mike. So I'm Kevin Sheridan. I own a school called Sheridan BJJ. I've been practicing jujitsu for about uh, 20 years. Uh, Fabio Clemente was my original instructor, still is. Um, uh, Marcelo Garcia was my MAC coach for a number of years, and Lucas Lepre after that, under Fabio. Um, I opened my jiu-jitsu school in 2010, uh, so 10-year anniversary now. Um, I live in Maplewood, New Jersey. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I had a painting company for 26 years. Uh, 27 years. I had a roofing company, a carpentry company. Um, I, I run a small um, property, rental properties uh, in New Jersey and Costa Rica. I do uh, rolling in Costa Rica BJJ camps in the Adirondacks in Costa Rica. I have a small side business on coaching other businesses. Um, and I have a, a child that is um, a 10 year old Finn. Uh, uh, Harper, who's seven, uh, wonderful kids, and um, and my wife Heather, who owns a yoga studio, Real Yoga. So that's me. Um, and uh, why I did this is I wanted to share all these share jujitsu. Uh, what it, it's it's amazing art. It's helped me um, learn how to have fun in life again, and and just how to keep myself in shape, and how to have community, and kind of like be a kid again. Um, that being said, uh, I'd like to introduce Gabe, my co-pilot in this. Um, he is also a jiu-jitsu pra practitioner, uh, uh, blue belt, um, and we uh, met each other a number of years ago through my wife Heather, and we decided to um, uh, help run each uh, each other's schools. And he hired me as a job coach, and then after that, he hired me to run his jiu-jitsu program. And he is, um, uh, and uh, don't quote me on all this stuff, but I know that he was a, um, a professional violinist at one point, uh, suffered uh, some trauma through cancer, kind of uh, remade himself as a um, jujitsu and yoga um, kind of self-help studio. He has an amazing, beautiful studio up in Morristown. Uh, I've brought people from around the world to that studio, and they say that it's the nicest jiu-jitsu studio they've ever been in. And I've been in a lot of studios. I agree with that. It's super calm, beautiful. So he's an artist, um, as well as a, a, a badass on the mat. Um, and 
that being said, introduce Mike. So Mike is a jiu-jitsu student of mine, a psychologist. Um, he's the guy that came in, that practiced for a few weeks, was super psyched about it, and then didn't see him again for a number of years. I would see him every once in a while and try to egg him on. I painted his house, his wife, and he was a client of mine. Great wife, uh, great kids. Uh, a kid, how many kids do you have? I got two. Two, right? Yeah. Another daughter. I know your daughter. But 13, 13 and 10. Yeah. So um, anyway, make a long story short, he came back and he has been an amazing student, uh, super positive, um, changed his health, um, you know, learned, it's now learning the art really well. And just he and I have had some really great conversations. And I know he's pretty powerful in what he does at work. So when I was starting this podcast, he was one of the first guys I wanted, I wanted to get on here. Um, so uh, anything, Gabe, to open with from you? Great, Professor. It was awesome. Thanks so much. Cool. What about you? Anything Thank you, Professor. That was, that was awesome intro. I appreciate that. All right. And I look like the older one here. I am. And that's not why they call me Professor. Um, I don't have any PhD <laughs> in anything. And both of these guys are probably um, smarter than me. If you put two of me together, you know, both of them are you, you know what I mean by that. Uh, I do have to add to that, though, Professor. I have to add to that because you do have 20 years under your belt of studying something that, yes. that takes time. That's right. To get a Pete, you know, so. Um, so um, what I wanted to talk to today, um, and this is what I've been talking about since this thing started. We were, I was at a jiu-jitsu camp. I was in Costa Rica for close to a month. First, I went with my family. Uh, we were there for 10 days. Then I had some alone time. And then I ran my jiu-jitsu camp there, which was super fun. And we were just on cloud nine. It's what I do every year. And a bunch of us go down there. We had about 30 people down there this year. Um, and um, we came back to this. And it was like, whoa. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is you know, kind of like the flu. Just like everyone is kind of coming to this at their own. But when I reached out to my friend Federico Tisi and he told me that they had to make a decision if they were working and helping, the hospitals were helping people that were above 55, then there wasn't going to be respirators for everyone. So they had to make a decision. If you were in your late 50s or mid 50s, they weren't going to help you. They were just going to, just going to, you had to, you didn't have hospital help. And they were making that decision because. They didn't have enough space and they were figuring if you're younger, you have more of your life to live. They kind of like wartime decisions. It was, it reminded me when I have a good friend whose father, uh, KG Swan is doctor, Dr. Swan who's passed away, but he was a trauma surgeon in Vietnam. And years later he was on a talk show because they had thrown a, uh, a man who had both his limbs uh, blown off and both his legs and they had thrown him to the side. So we don't have time for him. And Dr. Swan said, just give me a little time with him. And he ended up sewing the guy back up. And years later, the guy was an entrepreneur, married. I think he had five or six kids. And he was thanking Dr. Swan on the show. So that really kind of brought me back to this. This is a wartime. And my conversation with Federico was on March 10th. Right now, we're at March 25th. So I had like a really kind of wake-up call with this. And... Um, uh, 
after a day of it settling down, I, I closed my business because I just, it, it just didn't seem like having 20, 30 people rolling around the mat was helping this thing. Mm. So from, from since then, I've tried to put this, put this, um, this framework together for, first of all, what can we do to help slow this thing? Uh, second of all, what can we do to help our community through this thing? And thirdly, in this order, what can I do for myself to make sure I'm okay? Um, so I just like to get, uh, Mike, your feedback on, you know, first of all, how you doing with all this? What's going on with you? And, and just just check us in because I haven't talked to you since this whole thing started. I mean, we texted back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, um, I, I think for everyone, you know, there are different generations have things that they're going to remember as being, you know, kind of moments in, in their collective lives. And this is definitely going to be one of them. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say that right now I'm doing okay. And, and thank God my wife and kids are doing okay. Uh, we're safe. We feel for the most part healthy. Um, but it's, you know, it's very difficult just because I think particularly not being able to go get tested if you have any kind of symptoms and not knowing that if you did, there would be any kind of treatment uh, is, is very disorienting and, and very unsettling. And I think you know, getting to some of the things that we've talked about with jujitsu would be grateful. You know, there's a lot of people in the world who live like this all the time, you know, whether they don't have access to healthcare, they don't have the money uh, to, to pay for certain things. Um, and just, you know, this is a little taste of what some people unfortunately deal with all the time. And, and I feel very fortunate that up until now, I've never had to face this before. You know, I've never had a situation where if myself or my wife or my kids were sick, that I had any question that I could just, you know, drive them down the street and everything would ultimately be okay to the extent that it could be okay. Um, and so on the one hand, while this is, this is very, very difficult, I'm also uh, kind of appreciating how, how good I had it up until now. Yeah, man. I mean, this is one of the things I say, and I mean, I love America, um, and I don't want to sound like an America bashing guy right now, but I will tell you that if you haven't traveled outside the world and you haven't been in third world countries, and I have, I have traveled, I spent time in Vietnam, a lot of time in Costa Rica, Brazil, and, um, you know, sometimes there's just things aren't available, you know, um, there's not a hospital close by or the hospital doesn't have things. You don't, you don't have a good doctor. You, you just, you just don't have the things that you have as you have as, as an American, or I shouldn't even say as an American, because when I start to think about this, there are places in America where it's tough. Like, I don't know if you live in Flint, Michigan, or even if you're right now in Patterson, New Jersey, I should just say where I am or where you, where you have these, these really, um, um, these circumstances where you don't, you don't have a lot of trouble. Um, and, and you're right. You, sometimes you take some of this stuff for granted. Um, that being said, I, I saw a message last night on Maplewood online and this is, this is real fresh. This is how this stuff is happening. Um, 
you know, I, I talked to Federico a few weeks ago. Now we're getting close to that space where Federico TC, where Milan is, where I got a message on Maple Online and it was from a nurse. And I got my wife said, Kevin, you have to read this message. She showed it to me and I read it. And basically what it said was, please, can anyone help me? I'm posting this on Maple Online because I'm a nurse and I work in Patterson, New Jersey, and we don't have enough masks. We're having to double use masks. We don't have um, the equipment we need. And right now I have women that are giving birth that don't have masks. And, 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 I, and they're doctors that are sick. We have five doctors that are out now because they're sick with this virus because they didn't have the equipment to protect themselves. We're in Patterson, New Jersey. Please, anyone have, have masks or have any type of protective gear, drop them at my house on, um, in Maplewood. And she listed her address. And I, man, I, I thought, man, this is right here. This is right on our back door now. Um, and hearing New Jersey has the second most cases. So what did I do a couple of weeks ago? I talked to my friend who's a uh, uh, black belt under me, Mike Lazardi, and I said, Mike, I don't have any masks. So I tried to get him at CVS. Can you drop some masks off for me? Can you bring him, you know, because he's a, he's a nurse and he got me a mask and we had them and, and uh, my son used his, my daughter, uh, my wife used hers, but we had three extras. I hadn't used mine yet. So we brought over, it was only only three masks, but we brought them over. And someone else had dropped a packet of 12 masks on her door. So this is kind of, this is the reality of what we're dealing with. I mean, Gabe, what are you seeing? I mean, we had Rob on from the hospital in Morristown. Like, you know, what are you seeing? Yeah, um, just to anyone that's listening to this, if they'd like to contribute, we have a friend, her name is Kelly Christmas. She owns the, uh, the Rock Box Life, so at the Rock Box. And somehow they're making masks out of old fabric. So I'm not, I don't know enough about it, but if you go to her Instagram and you look at her posts, you'll see the progression. And maybe that's something that you guys could do over in Maplewood. You can do it with old sheets, old fabric, mm -hmm. and somehow make the masks. There's also a way to make the masks uh, with 3D printing. There's some 3D printing if anyone has access to that. There's some plans that are circulating the internet right now. I know a couple of my friends are using the 3D printers to help make masks. So those are two resources if you guys want to contribute um, to the lady in Patterson that Professor just brought up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of going on this theme, guys. I mean, first thing is what I've been, what I've been saying, and I still I, I feel like, and I don't want to get too political here, but I know that there's been a confusing message coming from one from the administration and um, that, well, we're going to open this back up. And I understand, listen, my sister just lost her restaurant. That was probably worth $800,000 million. She had to fire 30 employees. I was on the phone with her yesterday and she closed down her entire business and she's trying to figure out how she's going to send her kids to college. Now they're both in college. Um, so this is, this is hitting home and it'll continue to hit home, but, um, you know, how, you know, I understand about open up the economy, but it just feels like right now we have people in, that need masks in Patterson, you know, and if we, if we were to open up this thing in a week and inundate the hospitals anymore, it just seems like, it just seems like, you know, we just got this message to stay in like Atlanta, Georgia. 
you know, or not Atlanta, uh, down on the beaches and in, in, uh, near Atlanta, I think there were a bunch of kids partying. You guys saw that? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then that, you know, CNN probably caused those guys to shut down. I feel like we're just now getting the message. So, you know, the question I ask everyone is, what can we do to make sure this thing does not spread? And, and, and also, what can we do to help people in hospitalization? So you, I'd like to hear your guys' input on what you think we can do to help the overall community not have this thing spread or at least slow it so the hospitals aren't inundated. And, I mean, I thought we've had an, actually an amazing reaction over the last week, getting the ship near New York, getting the ship so that's a hospital, getting the ship over there. I feel like we're making a lot of progress, and I think the administration has been doing a lot. Uh, the message is screwed up, but a lot is happening, and I think we are catching up. And I think the best thing about us is that we're not such a condensed country that New York is obviously hitting first, Washington's hitting first, and maybe they're going to learn. And maybe when we're over this, maybe some other place in the United States will get hit. They'll be able to learn from what we did, and our resources aren't going to be all hit at once. But not to hog the mic, let me hear what you guys think on how we can help not spread this or, or how we can help people through this. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Well, I, th I think, you know, one of the things that's, I, I can tell you as far as, as not spreading it, I can just say what, what we're doing and we're really, you know, we're really locked down here. Um, you know, we've been very respectful of the public health officials. Um, and I would say to, to everyone, you know, the first thing you do is, uh, you know, the same thing, like if you're seeing someone one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, listen to your doctors, you know, the public health officials. And I feel like the medical doctors in the community are telling us something pretty specifically, uh, which is to, to quarantine, to stay inside for the foreseeable future, wash hands, uh, you know, be super careful. And so that, that's what I'm doing uh, on that front. That's what my family's doing. You know, I, I have a business that's in New York um, and I haven't been there in a couple of weeks. I'm very, very fortunate that I can work with people online. Um, so doing telemedicine. Um, so that transition has been okay for me. Uh, but as far as what people can actually do, I, I think that's first and foremost, like, you know, everyone seems to agree that we, we want to, they use the term flatten the curve. We want to stop the spreading. Um, as, as far as on a, how to cope with it, I think one of the things that's that's very um, it's very tough about this situation is that we we've all been told that all the things that are good for us will line up. You know, people talk about like physical and emotional health and what's good for you physically, what's good emotionally, what's good financially, what's good socially. You know, those things all kind of line up so that you'll have this more generally healthy and happy life, you know, it all go together. And I think that one of the things that we're seeing is that unfortunately, a lot of these various parts of our lives don't necessarily line up together very well. You know, the things that make us happy right now, getting together with people and, you know, maybe being a little bit carefree and, and, you know, like for me, you know, the two things outside of, you know, friends and family that I like to do is I like jujitsu and I like to go to concerts where lots of like, you know, sweaty people are all screaming and breathing on each other. You know, those are the things that those are the things that make me happy. Those are not the things that make me healthy at this point. Um, and, 
that is a, is a huge conflict. The things that would make me financially healthy right now, at least in the short term, would be to continue to see patients in my office because a certain percentage of people like to be seen one-on-one, but that would not make me physically healthy. And I think that's something that people really need to kind of start with is just kind of a recognition that this is a very odd time where all those things don't go together. And we're all in the process of figuring out like how much to weigh different things, physical health, emotional health, financial health. Um, and, and just to take a breath and I'll realize that, that it's going to take a little bit for us to figure out how to personally sort this out and, and as a society, how to sort this out. Um, because I feel like, unfortunately, 